Welcome back to the 10 Tabs Open Podcast. This is your host, Alex Howell, and today we had on a, a, a very good, very old friend of mine, uh, Andy Brown, or Andrew Brown, as he's uh, known professionally. Andy has an, a really cool story. He's done so many different things, so many things that um, you wouldn't expect, but uh, he currently works for the American Theater Guild uh, and is an advertising associate there, but he worked for the Kansas City Zoo for several years. He's going to get into that a little bit, but he was able to really blend his love of theater through several different employment opportunities, and when I saw that he had moved into his current position, and I'd been watching him for the last several years at his old position, I, I just had to have him on to hear the story, and Andy is one of the most fun people you could meet. He he always was entertaining. I knew him in high school. We went to college together for a semester, and then he went back to UCM where he randomly met a ton of my friends from State Fair Community College, and this guy is, he's just a solid, solid individual and somebody that I very, very much appreciate, and and Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, I'm going to just let the podcast allow you to explain your history because as as the person that you are and as the person that uh, for the audience that, that he is you're going to see a very genuine soul a very nice person and somebody who has just been able to blend his passion into almost every bit of his life so i hope you enjoy it was a wonderful conversation it was great to have him on have a great time listening guys thanks All right, you want to talk in, see if it's picking up? Sure, test, test, one, two, one, two. <laughs> nice. All right, Andy, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me, Alan. Absolutely. So let's talk first, because I think it's um, it's very important, um, about your time at the zoo. Oh, yeah. Because that looked fun. Yes. So <laughs> I worked at the zoo for three years. It was a great time. I was in their education department. And basically, my job was to hang out and have fun. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a cool time. I was on their show and chats team. So mm -hmm. basically, I would narrate the sea lion shows. I'd help out with bird show. Um, at the very beginning, I wasn't allowed to speak bird show, but I <laughs> worked my way up. I got there. It was a good time. <laughs> well, like, I mean, it seemed like you stuck around there for a few years. It just seemed like it was a fun thing to do yeah well it was it was a really fun job they were really easy to work like hours wise they yeah. would work around my schedule which was really nice nice um so that was a big reason as to why i stayed but then also it was just a good time i was a lot more into playwriting back then and gotcha. so the zoo would let me write shows for them to do at the zoo oh so nice it, yeah so it was like oh, okay cool well let me just stay here and i'll help write these like shows with educational content to like that's a good zoo things right that's yeah. a good feather in your cap yeah it was, cool. <laughs> it was a good time so how do you work your way up to like the way i always envisioned it was like you you get the birds first and then you get the they give you the polar bears and then eventually oh. you get to play with the tigers <laughs> no, no not at all <laughs> um so basically it's kind of every section of the zoo has a team so yep. um the polar bears would fall into like where the penguins are they mm -hmm. i can't remember water's edge i think is the name of that gotcha team. but they handle most of the stuff that's top side um and there's just different teams where different keepers are assigned to animals and gotcha they all you know have the ones that they work with because 
you trust have your own building. gangs. Yeah, trust building is really important when it comes to animal Get Wild animals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't they think are. you want to fuck with a polar bear. No. Yeah, they are wild. <laughs> they might be in captivity, but they're wild. Yeah. yeah. I always forget. So we uh, we took Connor. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't this year just because things kind of got out of control. But um, we tried to take him a couple of times last year. And I think we ended up taking him like three or four times out to the zoo. Mm -hmm. I always forget how massive that place is. Yeah. Like the Kansas City Zoo is built on, you know, in the land that Swope gave along with Swope Park and everything else. So they basically have an unlimited expansion capability is what it seems like. They have, like they host 5Ks there. Like you can run a 5K at the zoo. And that's honestly a lot of people I always thought was a smart idea. People who are friends of the zoo, you can go to the zoo anytime. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people, I, you know, I'm, don't know much about their lives. I didn't talk to them. <laughs> I'm assuming it was kind of a lot of housewives yeah. um, that have a little extra time in the mornings would like come and just run at the zoo. Yeah. And I always thought that was awesome because you're like, oh, I'm tired of running. Let me stop and look at some elephants real quick. Yeah. Well, the scenery between yeah. the exhibits is beautiful too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's the, I can't remember what the two are, but kind of the main area. And then um, Africa, Africa yeah. <laughs> has that beautiful bridge that you can uh-huh. go over. I mean, you're going over Swope Park. It's yeah. all trees. It's, you are literally in the woods. Yeah. Um, it's funny. We used to get a lot of people complaining that like snakes would be out of the exhibit. No, nope. like, no, that's a black rat snake, and it belongs right here in the woods, <laughs> doing its job. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. Jesus, I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I always think about the nightmare being like a tiger gets out, and you're just like, yeah, they don't really belong here. But yeah, snake. Yeah, I can or see the squirrels. Yeah, they can. They can get rough too. <laughs> yeah. Well, at, at places like that, I mean, I noticed this at Mizzou, like squirrels that are around enough people, mm-hmm. they they don't care. No, they they will get as close to you as possible if they think there's any potential for food college campus squirrels don't give a shit no that is true <laughs> no no you expect them to just like peel back like pbr and yeah. hang out it's like how calm are you man right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i i was every time that you would post something i would just like have to click on it because i thought it was so neat it was like you don't think about some of the to me, that's just a really interesting job to be able to, like, say, like, you worked there because mm-hmm. how many people do, really? I mean, people try to, like, they go for, you know, I'm just going all corporate. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. It's like, no, I'm going to go do exactly what I like as far as, like, writing plays and writing, yeah. you know, educational shows. Yeah. And I'm also going to be able to play with animals. Yeah. It's a fun time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. So you are with – now. Correct me if I'm wrong, the American Theater Guild. Yes. So we are the American Theater Guild, formerly Theater League. Mm-hmm. Um so that is where I am now. When I was working at the zoo, I was actually part-time as a PSR, patron service representative, mm-hmm. at Theater League. So I was part-time at Theater League, part-time at the zoo. And between that, I got plenty of hours everywhere. <laughs> Both places were really great, liked working with me. So they would you know, schedule kind of around yeah. what I needed to make it work. Um, unfortunately, that meant there were several weeks on end where I'd be working like seven days in a row. Yeah. So, you know, that's the problem with like just part-time work. Yeah. Um, fortunately now I am full-time at American Theater Guild. Mm-hmm. So I left the zoo for that reason. Cause gotcha. I don't, didn't need to just like be at the zoo every weekend. So, <laughs> you know? um, just go there as, as a patron was. now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I can still go enjoy. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now I'm full-time with the American Theater Guild, working in their advertising department. Um, basically, my job would be to be in charge of the planning and execution of our print and outdoor plans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So they had, when I looked it up online, I thought it was, 
it was one of those um i've had a couple of people on where the the description of what the company does or the nonprofit does is very uh-huh. broad. Right. Um, but at the same time, like when you actually get to know the organization or get to know somebody from the organization, it is very specific as to what they do. Yeah. So when you're talking about um, the American Theater Guild, what exactly, like what's their, I don't want to say, like don't cap this at like, what's your 30 second elevator pitch? <laughs> like what do they do as a whole? Because it sounds like they kind of help to organize different theater groups that are going to different theaters. But. I'm guessing that's probably not perfect. Yeah, no, not exactly. <laughs> um, so basically, the American Theater Guilds, I believe, you might want to fact check this, but I believe we are the largest not-for-profit Broadway presenter. Okay. So we have 12 different markets at this time where um, we help produce Broadway tours. Gotcha. Um, so we basically just kind of work with, ven- not vendors, venues in that area mm-hmm. and bring the tours and I saw, like, in Kansas City, you have the Music Hall, mm-hmm. and was there one other? Kansas City and the Kauffman Center. Kauffman so the Center, Music okay. Hall and the Kauffman Center are where we present. Um, Kansas City is a little bit different, and <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't want to get too deep into the woods with that, because I don't enough. understand how it all works. <laughs> um, but there's, you know, there's also Broadway Across America, which yeah. presents at, at the Music Hall, whereas we present at the Kauffman Center, and our season ticket holders have access to both. Oh, nice. Okay. Venues and shows. Yeah. Gotcha. So what is it that you do exactly there? Um, I am the senior advertising associate. Mm -hmm. So I, like I said, I do the print and outdoor. I also help prepare the ad packs for settlement Mm -hmm. as well as um, make sure that all of our front of house materials are out on display and... You're one of the guys that makes sure that people know about the show and that the show looks good. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So we have advertising that we do. (laughs) (laughs) So are you talking to, like, are you one of the people that's talking to the businesses that you're trying to get ads out to, or is it just a lot of... Um, Yeah, my my job would mainly be, like, if we... um want to put up a billboard in Kansas City, then mm-hmm. we have our billboard rep that I need to get in contact with and gotcha. schedule like the dates that we'd like to run and gotcha. negotiate contracts, stuff like that. Okay. That yeah. sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a great time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's interesting to see both sides because I mean, you've, you've been in plays, you've obviously you were talking about, which I want to get into a little bit more about the fact that you were in, in playwriting yes. for a little bit of time there. Yeah. Um, but you've been in the, I'd say, the production side of it, and now to be more on the business side of it, that's got to be an interesting transition to say, like, this is something I love, but from a very different angle. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I think one of my favorite things about starting the new job was, like, getting to see that other side, because yeah. as a performer, you don't care. No. You know, like, <laughs> right, you're just like, oh, I have to show up for rehearsals, and I have to yeah, do You do show. your thing, I'm right. going to do my thing. Right, exactly, like, yeah. You don't put a ton of thought into all the stuff that goes behind you being able to do this yeah, show. Exactly. Because, um, like, at the end of the day, if people aren't there to watch, then there's no you point. Know, like, no you. cash flow, right? Yeah. So that it just won't be able to continue happening, right? Um, so it's it's interesting to get to be involved in the other part of that for a little while. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's I. I always find it interesting, and I talked with uh, when Eric Azel, my director from State Fair, came on mm-hmm. here. I talked with him about the fact that I, I don't, I, and Kristen, I said this to her as well. It's like I could not do it. I, like, there's no part of me that looks at directing and thinks this is my thing. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are on the production side that probably look at your side that you're on now <laughs> and think the same. So you actually went and just said like, yeah, why not? I'll do right. that for a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the business side is, you know, it's it doesn't seem like it because it's not the thing that you see. It's not the product at the end of the day right but it's without question just as if not more important i mean you don't want to like without 
the show Hamilton, you're not going to have the people. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, there are some lesser-known shows that are incredible value. I mean, very good shows that some yeah. people might not see if you don't have really good ads, really, you know, if you don't have a strong business sense and a strong team behind you, you're not going to see that great show. It's Yeah, it's very important to get the word out. You yeah. know, that's, that's just the end of the story, right? You know, yeah. it's like, okay, well, if people don't know that this opportunity for them to see this show is coming yeah then they're not gonna go see it exactly (laughs) yeah and i mean even things like you know seemingly easier things like you know trying to advertise a show to season ticket holders i mean you want to make sure that you know if they see that phantom is on the market but then there's another show before you want to make sure to get them at that show as well right yeah 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 Yeah. so (laughs) fun stuff yeah (laughs) (laughs) so talk to me about your playwriting stuff was that something that you were doing for a while how many did you um so when I was in college, mm-hmm. I wrote a 10-minute show mm-hmm. um, that was just really silly, um, and it was a good time. Mm-hmm. I ended up submitting that to a um, conference out in Alaska, the Last Frontier Theater Conference, and mm-hmm. got accepted to go out there. Wow. Um, yeah, so that was a really great time. I yeah. went, went to Valdez. Um, they had this panel of you know, like professional theater, like people uh-huh. you know yeah <laughs> which at the time I was 23 it was so over my head <laughs> that this was such a cool experience I was getting to do I was just like yeah man Alaska's beautiful <laughs> you know um so I went um I went out there and got my ass handed to me they were like oh this is not a good show and I was like oh well, I wrote it for fun. <laughs> like, yeah, and Alaska okay. is beautiful. Right. I know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I did. I took that to heart. And I, yeah. um, while I was at the conference, I attended workshops and things. And mm-hmm. so um, ended up writing another 10-minute play that yeah. I submitted for the next year and got to come back with. Um, and then when I came back with that, they were like, oh, no, this is really good. And I was like, see, nice. I told you I was talented. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't think about yeah, that first one that right, you saw. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't even trying with that one. This is what I can do when I try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that seems to me like one of the most difficult things in the world is to write a play. Uh, yeah. I mean, anything like it sounds. I mean, I don't want to say like it sounds counterintuitive because I don't think it really is for most people. But like when you one of the greatest things you can do is write the show you know write a show that people respond to that people respect that people love but at the same time how many different plays are on the rack that are fantastic that are wonderful that nobody's ever heard of yeah and so i mean you're taking a huge gamble with that not everybody's going to be lin-manuel or miranda no (laughs) very few people yeah i believe there's only one of him actually yeah exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah so um that is true i think for me What's interesting about playwriting is that you have to create an entire world, yeah. you know? So, I mean, you can obviously base your play in the world we already live in so yeah. that people, you know, kind of get where you're coming from with that. But even in that, you still have to be developing characters that are going to move the story forward mm-hmm. and dialogue that's not going to make people want to leave you know (laughs) that I think is a very difficult part of playwriting it's just like kind of capturing how people actually talk to each other right as opposed to hello Jim right exactly yeah (laughs) how many times do you actually use someone's name in conversation exactly you know well yeah and I mean in 
I think the difference between writing, you know, and I'm not trying to trash people who write novels, but I think mm-hmm. the difference between somebody who's writing a novel as opposed to somebody who's writing a play is like you said, you're concentrating on dialogue and really as much as you might think you have control over the environment, I mean, you can have a you could have a three-page long set instruction, light instruction at the very beginning of your play, but the moment dialogue starts, you have no control. Right. Mo- I mean, I I probably am mistaken, but I can't think of a single play that I've ever been in there or that I've seen where somebody has written the blocking. I mean, it's it's all about the individual set. It's all about say, yeah, yeah. That playwright is a control freak. Yeah, I'll and they're gonna that. and nothing's gonna like they're never gonna get it worked. I mean, it's always gonna have to change because the set might change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and then because you also have to take into account that not every theater is the same. Exactly, you know, like venues are so different uh-huh. that if you have a super complex set your show might not be produced because of that. Right. You know, like yeah. if, if your show can't physically get onto the stage of the theater, yeah. then goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's exactly kind of what you're running up against with that. So yeah. it's very true. Yeah. So, I mean, in the, the idea that you're writing dialogue, I mean, you made a very good point in the sense that you're trying to capture the way that most people speak. And I think that there's something to creating a world where you're, you're allowing try to put this right you're allowing for the scenery you're allowing for the environment to be determined by somebody else even though you might have it in your mind you're allowing for the environment to be determined by somebody else so therefore when you are writing you kind of know it has to fit yeah it's all it's almost 100 percent based on that so your story is is told through dialogue as opposed to writing a novel where you're just like Here's a little bit of dialogue between two characters, and then her hand went briskly across his chest, and then he left, and then they were mad, and then da 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 da. It's like, yeah, you don't have, you don't get to do that, right? That's dialogue. You can say he enters, he leaves, <laughs> but pretty much from that, it's like you better, you better have that right, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, what did you stick to the ten minute side, or did you end up writing things that were longer? Um, I have written a couple full length. Things. That's impressive. Nothing that's ever been produced. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact um, that you've done it is impressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's more about just a good time. I, yeah. I'm i a creative person. I like writing. So mm-hmm. it was, I, w- I don't want to say it was easy, but, <laughs> you know, it was just well, to some when people. I had spare time. Right. I would sit down and I would write and yeah. you just kind of force yourself to get through it and yeah. knowing sometimes it's going to suck, <laughs> you know? Like, and at the end yeah. of the day, you'll go back and go, no, nah, not that one. Well, and I think that's what's... That's what's important to keep in mind is that everything can be rewritten. Yeah, you know, very true. Like if you're if you go back, that this is a rule I have is if I go back and I am rereading something that I have written and I lose interest in it, I cannot expect an audience member to keep their interest right. in yeah. this scene. You know, because yeah, you're already so, tied to it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of just looking at that as like, okay, well, why is this not working for me? What would make it be yeah. better? And then you fix it. Nice. Yeah. And what kind of writer are you? The kind of person that just has to sit down at the computer and push themselves through? Or is it like, I have inspiration, now I'm going to write this scene? Yeah, I think it, um, for me, most of the time, I actually will base entire plays off of a title. Like, I'll get, like, just a really cool idea for a title of a play in my head and be like, ooh, yeah, I want to write that play. Yeah. And then I'll just kind of find what I mean nice. about the title. You know, like, <laughs> okay, well, this is, like, a fun, punny title. How can I get around this yeah. and then like without fail by the end of the play i've changed the title of course yeah um but that's kind of the inspiration at the very beginning is that's interesting that you you can write a play entirely off of a title i 
I mean, and I again, it's totally good. fine. Right. That it might, <laughs> well, and it's fine that it'll, it'll change. It's fine that you know some of them might not be good, but I mean, it's it's yeah. it's just interesting to see how different people put things together. Like some people might write the entire play in six months and then take a year to figure out what the title is going to be. Yeah. Some people might have the title like you write the play and whether they keep the title or not, that's what it's based on. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting way of looking at things. And again, I just. I respect a lot of people who can write those things because one, like you said, you're you're creating a world. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you can say you know Berlin, 1945. People get the general idea, yeah. but you're still creating conversations that didn't exist between two to twenty people. Right. So yeah. Or if you're doing a one man show, just one guy talking <laughs> the whole time. Do you, I, I'm not a big I'm no. not a big fan of one man shows. No, I've. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you could tell that through know, my sarcasm. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever like. Because I've seen some good one-man shows, um, but I don't know that I've ever like left a one-man show just being like, oh, man, what a good waste of my hour. I mean, what a good <laughs> hour spent. That was just time. so Not worth close. my time. Yes. Great. Uh, like I said, I've seen some very good one-man shows. Yeah. I always appreciate when there's more than one, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm a character-driven type of person. Like, when I, mm-hmm. when I see theater, when I write, I... I really, it's important to me to have connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's hard to have connection when there's only one person on the stage. Yeah. You know, not, it can't, it's not impossible. Yeah. It can be done, but it's harder. You're yeah. not setting yourself up for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just you, and I think this is one of the reasons that I actually started this is people like interaction. People like genuine interaction and the best shows show that genuine interaction. Now, it might be a little bit of suspension of, you know, belief or uh, reality to watch certain shows and say, like, these this obviously happened. They broke out into song for an yeah, hour and a half straight. Right. Like, that obviously is a little different. But to see that kind of genuine interaction in a play, I think is a lot of the reason why some of the really good ones are as good as they are. Because if you have actors on stage that can, you know, bring that to life, it's yeah. a pretty incredible thing. Yeah. I mean, that's why you can have a show that's just two or three people and it can be phenomenal. But to have a one person show is like, you better learn how to talk to yourself well, my right. friend. Well, and <laughs> I just, I personally feel like that is so much to put on the actor. Yeah. You know, it's like, like that guy's not getting a break. He no. can't leave the stage. Uh uh-uh. uh. You know? No. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah. And to, uh, my opinion on that too would be that like a lot of, a lot of the you know difficult part in acting is when you don't have lines, mm-hmm. and so when you have lines the whole time, you don't have the ability to react to anything. Right. You're never reacting. Exactly. I mean, that's yeah. why I like stand-up comedy is because like those guys, they write out everything. I mean, it's still all they might you know go off the rails a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's it's their written bit. Right. And they go on stage, they perform the hell out of it. They are a one-man show, but their interaction isn't with somebody else on stage, it's with the audience. Yes. And it's bringing kind of them, it's breaking the fourth wall constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, there is no fourth wall at that point. Right. But it's the other three that are kind of not or existent at that point. But, I mean, it's, it's something where you have that same interaction and you don't get to do that in a one-man show. It's mm-hmm. just you. Yeah. You know, you might make people laugh, but that's it. So yeah. it's tough. Yeah. It is. So you want to write one? You want to write a one-man <laughs> yeah. show? Um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so one thing that I really respect about kind of your journey here is that, you know, when you were doing theater, when we were doing theater in high school, mm-hmm. you were involved, and then you went to college, and now you're, I mean, you're still in the industry. And there's several people that I've had on this podcast that, 
whether it's acting, whether they've created a nonprofit, whether they work at one, whether they've just been trying, you know, you know, I'm trying to bring somebody else on that we both know that I, I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, who's still out there trying to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And I really respect the fact that when you have a passion for something, you absolutely stick with it. I'm just in awe of the amount of people that were a part of our high school class and were with me at State Fair and then obviously with you in different locations as well. Yeah. That, I mean, it's, and you said it when we were upstairs, it's like that the theater community in this area is incredible. Yes. And, and it's incredibly small. And yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. crazy. Like, I feel like I know... I don't know so many people, but I feel like in the last, you know, since I started this, I feel like my network with that has grown so significantly. Yeah. And the amount of passion that those people display is pretty incredible. I mean, I went to the arts asylum. Everybody was happy. And it was like, oh, this is what it feels like not to work when <laughs> when you hate your job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point yeah. right there. I think on my end, at least, it does feel like a little more selfish you know it's like oh yeah well I'm, I'm doing this thing I love but also it's like I've had jobs where I wasn't doing what I loved yeah and I left those jobs you know um so I've yeah been sold ADT security yeah I've been a copywriter <laughs> like, you See, know, this sounds like a lot of good material for your playwriting life <laughs> oh thank you uh-huh. yes yeah. that's that's really what i'm doing is i'm just living life <laughs> just uh, trying to gather as many experiences right. as possible mm-hmm. it's yep. it's very strategic yeah, how but, i'm living my life yeah ADT. not at all just chaos <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's theater uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well selling adt has to have a few interesting stories going around <laughs> it i can't i've only seen the guy i assume you were door to door oh no no, no, not at all. No, oh, okay. yeah. So I worked more. That was it was for um, what's the name of that company? They're called Safe Haven. They're still located here oh, in yeah. Kansas City. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I was more on phone kind oh, of. Okay. So my sales were based out of Houston, which I always thought was kind of weird. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I don't know anything about Houston. But I'm just <laughs> gonna sell these people security. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was mainly just kind of getting relationship building with realtors, and then. Yep. When the real, you know, like, oh yeah, like if I mean, you're in realtor. Uh, oh yeah, yep. You're in realtor, right? You know what I mean. I, I am yeah. that realty. Yes. I is that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's just like if you find someone that you can trust to give your clients a good deal on their security system, and they're going to get a discount through you, mm-hmm. then sure, why not recommend that? Right. Um, but also a huge part of that is like part of my job was I had to keep those realtors happy, and I have to like go out of my way and provide like above and beyond customer service. Yeah. Because if you mess that up, it reflects, then that reflects poorly on the realtor and exactly. then they're not going to want to work with you anymore. Yep. So it was a very stressful job. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I'm always a little terrified for the people that go door to door and sell it. Oh yeah. Like I wouldn't do That's, that. I, mean, I don't, I don't have that in me. No. I'm just, I'm a people person, but not that much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, uh, the, the closest I think I've ever been to getting in a physical altercation with someone was somebody, it wasn't, I don't think it was security. I think they were selling something else, Mm. but I, depending on what city I live in and I haven't had to do it here because it's a new home community. They expect these houses to be unoccupied anyway. Yeah. But, um, people come door to door, but it was something like a lawn sales or service. And I asked them for their permit Mm. and they wouldn't provide it. And they basically started to cuss me out on my stoop. It's like, that's an interesting idea. Right. So I'm someone I want to work with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I think I was like 23 or I think I was 23 because I think I just moved in with uh, with Nikki. And um, I was 
not happy. And at that point, I was 23, and I didn't really have my wits about me ever. Yeah. So I was ready to, like, scream this guy down to the driveway, and he turned around and said something to me. I can't remember if he was – I said something like, I'm really sorry that you're a blank. Oh. And uh, he called me sorry guy, and I chased him down the road. <laughs> sorry guy. Yeah, he tried to make fun of me by calling me sorry guy, that's and I was so like, that's funny. the last straw. So <laughs> – but yeah, so I chased him about twenty feet, and I was like, "I'm gonna get in a fight. I'm gonna go to jail." Right. Is this worth it? Yeah, it's Is like this I where just, we are. Just started <laughs> yeah. my job. Yeah, <laughs> like that's probably not a good idea. It's like, what am I gonna do in a fight? Like I've never fought in my life. Right. I've never had to. Like, I, <laughs> like punch him. Like, eh, take that. <laughs> and now it's over. Don't even try to hit me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay. Well, I think we've got some good stories here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so tell me about your story, like post high school. Like, what was your college storyline? My college storyline. So, I graduated from Repec in two thousand seven. Yep. Repec. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, I graduated high school in two thousand seven, and then I went. I did one semester at Mizzou. I remember that. Yep. Because uh, I think that was the same semester you had, like, transferred from State Fair to Missouri. Yep, yeah, right? I was an associate transfer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was there for one semester. Absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> at the time, I went to Mizzou because I wanted to be in journalism. Yeah. Because um, I did, like, KPTV, all that stuff in yep. high school. And um, after about halfway through the first semester, I realized that journalism is not what I wanted to do with my <laughs> life. Um, and then the tuition prices at Mizzou just seemed real steep. They now were. that like, like I was an undeclared major, you know, I didn't really know mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. So I decided to transfer to Warrensburg because yep. it was felt more like the place to figure it out. And yeah. Mizzou felt more like the place to once you had it figured out. Yeah. Well, it is interesting because that story I've heard, probably 50 times. I mean, th- that exact same story from Ray Peck to Mizzou and just going, nope, this isn't for me, yeah. for whatever reason. I mean, Mizzou, it's it's so big, it's so massive that, you know, like, at the time when I went, I needed that. Like, I right. had to get out of Sedalia. Right. Like, I went from Raymore, which was close enough to Kansas City, and then to go to Sedalia was just not for me. So yeah. when I went to Mizzou, I was like, okay, well, at least this is a bigger town. It's a college town. But you go to your first class with 350, 400 people, and you kind of realize, like, oh, now I have to study. Yeah. Yeah. It's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially like, you know, Ray Peck, great school, but class sizes were small. You know, yeah. we, um, not a lot of competition for the teacher's attention there. Nope. Um, whereas when you get, yeah, that first big lecture hall, we have 400 other people there with you. Yeah. Um, and I say, I think it was, I kind of looking back, I do wish that I had gone to like a state fair or a long view to yep. like allow me a little more time to adjust. Mm-hmm. Um, I think had I gone to Mizzou at 20 versus at 18, it might have been a different oh, story. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot of development that happens in those yeah. couple of years. Yeah. I mean, trusting yourself to be away from home yeah. and with all of the oh, yeah. peer pressure that comes with that. Oh, yeah. 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 I, yeah, I moved it's... into an apartment right after high school. Mm-hmm. Probably not a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I should have at least been in a dorm yeah. where other more responsible people could yell at me if they, if needed. Right. Like you had someone to actually kind of check you a yeah, little exactly. bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so sorry I interrupted left your story. Up to their own device. <laughs> no, I, I was one of them. Yeah. yeah. Same. <laughs> so you um, went to a semester at Mizzou, said, F this is not for me, and then yep. went to Warrensburg, which is an awesome school. Yes. I love that campus. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, turns out, obviously, I would 
very large interest in theater. Warrensburg yeah. had a great theater department, still do. Um, yeah. They're developing, I think they're still developing, might just be developed now, um, but they've started a new dance major there too. So they're oh, nice. the Department of Theater and Dance. Wow. Would have been, that was my senior year as I was graduating, they started offering that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so they have a great little department. Yeah. Really, really good faculty that were very supportive always <laughs> there for me that's awesome yeah. well, and how involved were you in the in i mean in the shows and the bat what were you well it's funny because i was actually not a theater major until my senior year oh okay um i was a theater minor and i um i don't know i feel like because you know in in high school i was always really involved with the oh, yeah. shows i was cast in almost everything and mm-hmm. i would always be like kind of the comedic relief or yeah. you know it was never the lead yeah um which at the time seemed really important but like looking back i'm like oh no my my time was so much better spent not being the lead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so i think like just because i had never like gotten that like oh yes i'm a star experience mm-hmm. i kind of felt i wasn't good enough to be an actor oh, you know okay. like i was always just yeah. like oh, okay well this is a hobby for me, so I just like doing it. It's something I'm passionate about, yeah. Um, and I'm gonna continue to just like audition for shows and whatever they give me, I'll take. And yeah. you know, um, so I did. I was involved with almost every production at UCM while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much freshman year. I didn't do anything freshman year because half of it was spent at Mizzou. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so sophomore year through my senior year, I did either publicity because I was a PR major for a really long time. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So I would either do publicity or sound design or just bunches of stuff. I, I mean, obviously I acted yeah. a bit and yeah. like the musicals. I was always, mm-hmm. always cast in the musicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's to me and I only had two years of it and it was community college as opposed to kind of a, a, a university setting, but I was, kind of amazed that like with high school I feel like you're so regimented mm-hmm. at the time I mean you're there you're at school you know between seven and eight hours a day no matter what and then in theater I mean you had to still get your homework done and you were at three hour rehearsals yeah every time oh yeah and when you know you got to the last two or three weeks I think it was two most of the time and then three with Anasazi because there were 33 musical numbers in it mm-hmm. but um but like then you're there for five or six hours and sometimes on weekends, ten hours, and sometimes right? Ten. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, in addition to being at school, so yeah, you're mm-hmm. just kind of sitting there going like, "This is a more than a job." Yeah, this the is second crazy. full-time job. Exactly, you're already a full-time student. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was really strange to me when I w- went to uh, to college and I went to I got to state fair and I was just like, okay. So I have normally I'd have probably three classes a day, and then I'd have like two classes or three classes on Tuesdays, Thursdays. So I, I think I carried 15 hours most of the time, 18 sometimes. When I went to Mizzou, I had to make up for all of that uh-huh. because I was a theater major that went to finance. <laughs> and um, so, uh, but I was taking normally 15 hours a semester, and you know it all seemed pretty doable. I the first couple of shows, I just did that, and then I eventually got a job in the spring because I was like, now I'm bored. I need something more to do, and I, mainly I need beer money, but yeah, I also need something that I can yeah. carry me through the summer. And um, But I was amazed at the directors who you know, took care of those shows because you're talking about people that are independent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're able to do their own thing. They're able to be off campus. They're, you know, they, their parents can't tell them to come home at 10. Their parents can't tell them to do this. It's like my parents were, 
you know, 100 miles away. Yeah. And, you know, I had a phone and would answer them. But that was pretty much it. They really but couldn't do much. if I tell much. them I'm in my room studying, exactly. they don't know the difference. Exactly. <laughs> and it's yeah. so, I mean, and so for me, the directors were always the, and this is probably why I look at directors and go, <laughs> I wouldn't want to do what you do. I appreciate you so much, but I would not want to do what you do because you have college students that are actively talking about what they're going to do that night and then go to class the next morning and then do whatever in God's name they're going to do. And then you're just like, please show up to rehearsal. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like it kind of attracts a you know fairly responsible crowd. I mean, you can yeah. be ridiculous, and we all probably were, right? But it does seem like it's something that does attract a fairly responsible crowd too. Like if you're if you're willing to put three hours a day on top of already doing a full time job, like you said, you're probably the kind of person that's going to be fairly responsible, right? And I think what goes into a lot of that is that nobody nobody gets into theater for money. You know, yeah. it's you you have a passion for it. You yeah. love to do it. And so if um, at the end of the day, you know, I think you, you realize that, oh, okay, well, if I'm not easy to work with, if I'm not easy to get along with, if I don't show up for rehearsals, yeah. this will be the last time that they cast me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. They will not continue to work with me, so I need to be professional. Yeah. Um, and I think college can be a rough time for, like especially college theater because yeah. it's a, a hard lesson for some people to learn uh -huh. you know um well i assume it you know in different schools and i'm sure it's more competitive and the higher up you go um because i don't think state fair or ucm are the same as juilliard no right <laughs> wow. i mean close but i mean when you talk about schools like that and even some of just the larger schools, you know, even in probably the states around here, you have kids that come in and because they're theater majors, they were normally the star or one of the people that constantly got, you know, a comedic role. Like if there was a comedic role, they got it. Mm -hmm. If there was a lead, this person got it. And when you start hiring or bringing in people, I shouldn't say hiring. That's the wrong word. <laughs> NCAA is like, shut up. Right. But, <laughs> you aren't paying them. Exactly. <laughs> but when you have, you know, people that come in and they've been the lead and they've been the star and all of a sudden they're competing with people who have also done that uh -huh. and potentially people that are better. It's a real pain in the ass yeah. to look at that and just say like, okay, now I'm not like now I'm not who I thought I was. Well, and that's I I like to refer to that as the incoming freshman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to where that was it was always my least favorite part of the year is the very first auditions where freshmen all show up thinking they're real hot stuff. <laughs> You're know, like, oh, well, I've had every lead for the past four years. So has everyone here, honey. Yeah. Welcome to <laughs> the know, Thunderdome, right. bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, mm, okay, well, you know what? That's probably because you're very talented. Mm -hmm. As am I. You know? Like, <laughs> oh, let's, let's do this. That's like, such a nice way to put it. Yeah. As am I. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought you were going to say, you're very talented for where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that, there's some truth in that, too. Yeah. You know, not... Especially being from Missouri, not every no. theater program is super well funded or no. developed. You yeah, know, that's that's fact. Yeah, um, I like, mean, I thought we were lucky to come from the theater program that we did, mm -hmm. but I mean, that was you know, I graduated and you graduated after they had three of them, but I graduated the first year that we won a football state championship. Yeah, guess who got more attention? Right. I guess who got more funds? And hey, they brought people to the table. I'm not going to argue with that at all. Right. But it was just one of those things, like, hey. 
We have a really good show we're doing, too. Mm-hmm. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Literally award-winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's... But I feel like we came from a very, very good theater program. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, you're right. Some of the ones that, you know, are, are in different areas of the state or, you know, Kansas or whatever, yeah. they're not as good. They're not as well-funded. So, and you might have somebody that comes in that's good. Yeah. But they're still the bottom of the totem pole at that point, well, too. Well, and it's... What's sad, too, is that, you know, um, like, I've met... I met incredibly talented people that you know just they didn't have high school theater you know like that wasn't mm-hmm. even an, something that was offered to yeah. them um but they've you know really enjoyed acting they've loved singing and then they kind of get to college and that's where they bloom yeah you know uh-huh. um and i've met incredibly talented people who just didn't have any any kind of support it's sad you yeah. know because you think like man if you had been like like the very first musical I was ever in, I was in the eighth grade, you know? Uh-huh. So it's yeah. like with people who are just like that extreme amount of like can go all the way talent. Yeah. If they just had access to that from a younger age, yeah, then they would be set up for success a lot better than they currently are. Right. Well, I think, you know, it does come into play when you have, I think this is where, you know, when you're in college, you have more freedom. When you're at home, it's a little easier because... It, some people it's a little easier, some people not, but it's a little easier because you have somebody that you can depend on in your parents. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes that can be a huge misfire because if you have somebody like you were saying that's supremely talented, yeah. but you know their dad only wants them to play one sport, or you know they're they're saying like they don't want you to be in theater for whatever reason. You can imagine yeah. what's typically associated right. with it. It's going to turn you gay. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you have somebody like that. That's unfortunate because it's like that person is supremely talented. Mm -hmm. And if they love what they're doing, that's awesome. But if they don't like what they're doing or they see this as something they want to do more and you're holding them back because of a a huge misconception, that's on you, man. And that's unfortunate because, I mean, when you look at the students that were in there, very, very few students that were in our our theater program, or maybe it's different elsewhere, but that were like bad students – like didn't get good grades. I mean, I feel like a lot of the people that were in our department were, you know, they were not only good there, but they were good in school as well. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I do, I think that that speaks volumes to Todd and Carla, the theater teachers yeah. there too. Cause I, I do think there was a level of like expected excellence, Yeah, you know, um, it was, it was assumed if you were like a member of the theater community, mm-hmm. at least, at least in our high school, that it was like, no, you, you go to class, yeah. you get, I mean, you don't have to get all A's, you right. know, but it's like you put in the work. You You'll do be a your good best. representative. Right. Yeah. You do the best you can with what you have, and mm-hmm. then then you come to rehearsal every time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it was um, – <coughs> sorry. I think it was um, Little Shop when we did that, and it was my first I'd – ne- I'd only worked with Mr. Beam, and it was one show the year before. Uh-huh. And uh, I worked with um, Schnocky for that one, and then I didn't do the um, – uh, Complete Works, which I will always regret because that show was... Um, you guys did such a great job. Um, I was not in that show. You weren't in it? And I'm salty about it. <laughs> I didn't realize you weren't in that. I mean, I'm not still salty about it. But at the time, I was very, very offended because yeah. I was very funny and had a good audition. And That's why I cast. pictured you in Ice. Yeah. If you would have asked me to bet my life on that, <laughs> I would be dead right now. No. I figured you were. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Well, when they did that show, I wasn't in that one. I just didn't. I don't even think I auditioned for that one. I think because I realized, like, I think there was something about my grades. It's like, mm. I probably need to concentrate on this. Like, like, it was my, I think it was the last show before, was it the last show of the 
fall semester or something. Anyway, it was my senior year, so I was just like, something's not right, and I need to concentrate on this a little bit more. Um, but I didn't do it and always regretted it. But when we did Little Shop, again, outside of the one act, it was my only schnocky experience. Mm-hmm. And I remember something had happened with the football team. I probably shouldn't tell this story. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but something had happened with the football team where I think uh, it was it was reported that um, like one of their – a kid didn't show up on Friday for school and then tried to play the game and he wasn't allowed to play the game. And so it was kind of one of those things where Shinaki was like, I'm not going to say that there's somebody trying for retaliation, but um, everybody needs to be here all week. Like oh. you better show up because if we are, if we're missing, you know, Seymour, we're going to have problems. Yeah. And it was pretty intense. Like, Oh, okay. All right. But I mean, I totally agree with you. It was that kind of constant, you know, when you're working with him, like he's fun. He's a great guy. He's an incredible director. Yeah. But you don't talk back. <laughs> no, no. Uh, which is something that high school Andy did not always realize. <laughs> I think I was probably i I think I was either his like favorite person or his least favorite person, and I don't think he knew which one it was. Yeah, fair enough. You know, yeah. Um, yeah but I do. I kind of look back at some of like the BS I tried to pull in yeah. high school and I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> bad Andy. idea. Abort. And <laughs> why did he cast you? <laughs> I wouldn't want to work with you either. <laughs> um, I think that's what makes it fun is because once you go through those doors, it feels like a, like kind of, it feels like your own little world with your friends. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as crazy as that sounds, it's like once you're in that theater and you know that it's just like you guys, it's really it's the amount of camaraderie like you always fuck with each other but at the same time like it's the amount of camaraderie is pretty incredible yeah in that particular community and you guys had an awesome senior year didn't you like uh, as far as your competition and everything didn't you guys take like first place or something oh like yeah that? yeah i think Jeez. i think we had a couple people go to nationals too like Man. it was yeah, yeah we did we did very well not i was in the Let's see. Junior year, I did the readers, and senior year, I did the one act. Gotcha. But we, either way, both like junior year, we won the readers state, nice. and then we won the one act state the nice. next year. So That's clearly, awesome. it was because of me. Of course, uh, <laughs> take it when you can. No. I always say that we had a great football team, and then Mizzou had a great football team, not because of Chase Coffin, <laughs> but because of me. No. <laughs> yeah, couldn't possibly be the guy who was playing for both teams. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It was me in the audience going, yeah, yeah. good job, Chase. <laughs> I'm his good luck charm. <laughs> yeah. I, I mentioned that when he was here and he's such a nice guy that he was like, yeah, probably. I was like, no, 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 no. Don't you claim take that. that. Yeah. You take <laughs> you, that. You deserve responsibility, man. Yeah. That, was, that was a joke on my part, but he's <laughs> super nice. So it was just like, okay, like, no, what? don't do it. Abort. Did you just say okay to that? <laughs> Can you sign this that says it? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was, I remember like when we graduated I thought we had a we had a small class as far as the amount of people that were just constantly in at the mm-hmm. shows and everything but I felt like we had a good class yeah. of people and then you guys I just remember looking back on that like the next year and just seeing the sheer amount of talent that 07 had I was like this is going to be fun to watch and then senior year you guys took everything I was yeah like, good job yeah. I hate you all but good job <laughs> we had a lot of it it's true yeah I mean we took third in 05 in the one act, but I swear to God, I think the reason for that is when we got on stage, they had the Carla program the lights, but mm-hmm. you had to give your light cue to somebody else. Oh. And when they did that, I mean, the whole time, 
breakdown in communication. Oh, well, and it wasn't even, like it. Was, Carla was mad, and I understand because it was just a total breakdown on the person who was inputting. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, there would be times where like we were hitting our spots exactly. And even if we hadn't, it wouldn't have mattered. I remember I said one thing, and it was me, uh, Rachel Weesey, and Jared Hill. It was like right before our fight scene. And there's a pretty dramatic shift when I come on stage. There has to be like two lights that kind of change because they get feel like they get found out. Yeah. So Jared's character runs away, <laughs> and then my character comes on stage. So you go from like one light to three. Yeah. Not not easy to do that quickly. <laughs> All of our lights went completely like on just the like, wall, like on the ceiling. <laughs> it was like nothing was on us. And it was just like we were so lucky to take third out of fourth. Yeah. Out of four just because it was like you couldn't see us. We could have been we could have had the best show in the world. I could have been Lawrence Olivier at the time. Doesn't matter. Wouldn't have mattered if you can't see right. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I was so happy for you guys when it I mean I was pissed because I wish we would have done it. But I was so happy for you guys taking like first and all of that stuff. I was just like, mm-hmm. this is, you guys had so much talent in one class. It was fantastic. Yeah. I don't think I ever realized it until like, I think it was like the next year. I can't remember what the show was, but it was just, it was all you guys. It was like one or two people from 06 and then you. Well, I do remember like thinking it was really weird. Well, not like really weird, but like, I feel like there was a lot of people in my cat, my class who were just, continuously cast a lot of the time yeah and so obviously like those are the people you become close with it's right because you're doing every show together yeah. you're there you, three hours a day together exactly yeah. and then it's like just never ending yeah yeah <laughs> um so those are the people you become close with so i i did feel very lucky in that like you know obviously i would love to hang out with like you and john right. pearson and you know, like all those um rachel Weesey, all those people who are like older but yeah, it, it was it was nice when it started to become like like by my junior year. It was like, <laughs> oh, OK, well, we're all just here forever together. Thanks. Awesome. Let's graduate. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. two, two years of just us. Great, guys. Yeah. I'm going to need you to go to a different school, though, because <laughs> we've seen each other too much. But yeah, I mean, that that is the benefit, because the more you become comfortable with somebody on stage, the better your chemistry is. Yeah. I mean, your first show together, if you're trying to interact with somebody and it's a little a little blocky, mm-hmm. but by the fifth, it's got to be a little better. Yeah. So, I mean, and you're able, I mean, it's like anything else. It's like any sport. Once you work with somebody that much, you're able to predict them more. Well, and it's once, because, um, you know, obviously theater kids, not only do they just like hang out at rehearsal, but we all, all the time. hang out after rehearsal. Yeah, exactly. Too. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, let's go to Applebee's now. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> right. Um, so I think when you spend that much time with people, um, it's going to be fun. You yeah. know, like you're going to play and you're going to develop really good bits. So if you know, yeah. you're working on a comedy, yeah. that's what you want is you want a super close cast. Exactly. You know, yeah, I mean, I, when, when I was in college, I felt like our group got because of that same exact thing, like nothing changed. It was like when you are hanging out, at rehearsal and then it's like okay well what are we all going to do next like where <laughs> are we going after this are we going like to the apartment are we going out to the bar right. where what are we doing which is funny because at 21 the answer is always like oh go- well, we're gonna go to the bar exactly at 31 the answer is always like i'm going to bed exactly <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean and you know it was for me it was an interesting experience because like i said i had an apartment off campus and they had a dorm system but i didn't want to do that and so i was like oh, i'll get a job <laughs> I'll, you know, I'm happy I have a, a scholarship and can handle this. But um, but I had an, an apartment where I could literally start my car from, like, if, if I left it at campus, I could start my car from there. Oh, wow. Because it was that close. And so, like, I was 
basically on campus, but it was it was my place. And so, you know, it was kind of one of those things where even if it wasn't, you know, sin and debauchery uh-huh. and it was just like going to hang out and like watch a movie or something like that. It was always my place. It was always we're heading to nice. mine, which sounds awesome until you have people up like at, at 4 a.m. playing Guitar Hero and you have to go to an eight o'clock class. Mm-hmm. Then it's not as fun. Well, and also <laughs> what's not as fun is when the cops get called because yeah. your loud friends mm-hmm. are playing Guitar Hero at 4 a.m. Yep, that um, happened a couple of times. Yeah, that's yeah. not... Not fun. That's why I didn't want to host. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Listen, I'm not dealing with the police for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. I, I had one one apartment where I got the police called several times, and they basically told me at one point, they were like, look, you know, we're not going to give you a ticket, but it's just, you know, if just know you need to be quiet or get some headphones, yes. like get whatever. Well, luckily in a college <sighs> town, cops will do that. Yeah. I think, you well, know, like well, this was Sedalia. Oh, yeah. That wasn't yeah. exactly a college town. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, they'd come to the door and it's like, you know, theater kids watching the music man on TV. Like they're, they're, okay. they're really complaining about this. Are you right. serious? <laughs> right. <laughs> guys. Yeah. So I ended up moving apartments because of that. And the one that I moved to was I didn't have a single problem. But yeah, it was just annoying nice. more than yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're, we're watching Little Shop. Leave us alone. <laughs> what a wholesome party you were having. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every once in a while, we could fake it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it is interesting. That, and I feel like a lot of times the relationships that you make there, when you ha- hang out with people like that. I mean, I think about having, I think about having uh, Kristen on not too long ago, you know, mm-hmm. a month ago or so. You know, it's it's so easy to just pick up a conversation. Yeah. When you've had that many hours like with the same person over and over again it's very easy to just say one hey do you remember when and two how are things going because you know again the same thing that you do on stage you know the cadence of your conversation and you can adapt that to anything and it's nice to be able to like i feel like especially um you know similar to you and i you know it's like okay well there's also so much there's so many gaps to fill in of course yeah there's tons of stuff to catch up (laughs) on so if you can Remember things and then always just add new anecdotes. It's yeah. always always fun to catch up with friends. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm having um I think it'll be the next episode unless something pops up in the middle, but I'm having um Phyllis Harris on, Emily's Emily's. Oh mom. fun. And all the stuff that she's been doing just looked incredible. But it was one of those things she sent me a me- I sent her a message and I was like, I had a guest on, Megan Day, you know her, I know her. She suggested I have you on because of all the things that you've been doing. And right. I was like, I'd love to ha- one, I'd love to have you on, but two, yeah. again, like you just said, there's a lot to fill in here. Yeah. And they, they actually live um like within a minute of my parents now. Oh, like, fun! Yeah, their house is right there, and then there's a newer subdivision. Um, they've got that beautiful place on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't I say, th- but say um, the house they lived in when we were in high school was yep. beautiful too. Yep, yeah, that's it. Oh, it's still the same <laughs> yep. one. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So, uh, but anyway, if you go around, like if you take a left and a right, they're mm-hmm. my parents, and awesome. so it's a little crazy. But <laughs> so I go th- by there every single time, and um, probably like right. Right around like the end of college or so, I just see like Brad out there like polishing the the sports car. Like, uh-huh. what's going on? Yeah, let's catch up. Just kind of hang out for a little bit. But when I sent her the message, she was like, "I'm a little worried because I I'm the introvert of the family." <laughs> and I was like, "To be fair, this is a one on one conversation. Right, it'll be fine." <laughs> well, and I feel like it's easy to be the introvert in that family. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. You, know? <laughs> you mean Brad and Emily aren't <laughs> right. <laughs> Very kind, friendly people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the first time I had to, 
I played opposite someone else in college. It was just like, this doesn't feel right. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't Emily. It wasn't Emily. Yeah. yeah it was always Emily. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess it was Nicole Mayfield to start. Oh. And then um, that was in Guys and Dolls. But um, but then it was, yeah, it was her and, uh, what was it, Over the River and Anasazi. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, in that, those were a lot of hours. And especially Over the River because you have six people. Yeah. It's a six-person show. So, That's a lot. Yeah. And that one started out with Derek Slinger in the role, and then mm-hmm. he got sick and couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That was an unfortunate thing. Yeah. I didn't uh, – Mr. Beam, I know, was close to him. I didn't want to bring that up with him just because I know it kind of is a – it's a tough thing. Yeah. But that was a – it's one of those things, like, you look back on it, and it's just like you you see all these people from high school on Facebook, and, you know, the older you get, the more you start seeing – you know, unfortunate things like that happen yeah. and you don't really know how to process it. It's just like, Oh, we're all like real people yeah. living lives. Yeah. And like sometimes shit happens. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, there was a, there was a kid from my class. Um, I don't want to say just because I, I, uh, it might bring up some bad memories uh, for people and mm-hmm. it's been fairly recent, but I heard that one day he just didn't wake up. It's like, that's the most terrifying thing I've ever heard. And he had a little boy. I mean, yeah. just rough. And boy, you kind of, you recognize your mortality at that point, you know, and it's crazy to see that. But I mean, when, when it's somebody like Derek, who was part of the theater program and again, around constantly, Uh it's like, that's a, and just like in high school, he was a high school student, you know, exactly. And that's how you remember him as a high school student. Yeah. So yeah. Every time I see somebody post about that on Facebook, it's just one of those things like back to reality, like Mm -hmm. better enjoy this life, man. Yeah. I mean, that's. The, the, this thing started out just as kind of a marketing thing. Like I'm going to have people on, going to see who I can have on just anybody that I find interesting. I want to talk to. (laughs) And then it, you know, there was a turn where I was like, I'm also going to have people on that. I just want to talk to Like, this is a good excuse. Like you, somebody else like, hang out. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have an interest, like I, you have a great story, especially since high school. Like, you know, you went to Mizzou, went to UCM, all the interactions that you've had there, the fact that we share so many friends because you went back to UCM. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, working at the zoo, working at this company now, kind of being on all sides of theater, would have never known, but here you are. But here and, I am. And that's the best yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's been it's been fun to kind of catch up with that, but it's uh it's also been fun to be able to call in like, you know, uh, our my wife's friend uh, and and mine too, but she was the one that was in the leadership program with her, Megan Day. Who, okay. uh, she's got a great story because she was working at Children's Mercy Hospital, doing great things there. Actually, I think that's the reason that she knew Phyllis was from working uh-huh. there. And um, then her husband's barbecue um, competition team just kept taking off and taking off and taking off. And finally, they were doing enough business with that that because they were doing outside products. Yeah. And she is just a public relations wizard just amazing love that and so she just like yeah. cut off like you know not negatively but cut off ties and went to do that and now she's been on like home shopping network every other week for a that's year amazing. it seems like yeah but stuff like that's been really neat to be able to say like hey here's somebody that's got a good story <laughs> and yeah. you know people like eric and mr beam who just have story after story after story i mean you oh don't God, work with yeah. theater kids for you know 30 40 years and not have good stories right <laughs> well, that's, the thing, that's the thing about mr beam too is like like obviously he has all crazy shenanigans stories from oh, when yeah. we were in high school oh yeah but he was like like todd Schnocky. he was his theater teacher too yeah you know yeah so it's like like that's crazy to me is like like when you've retired from a career that you've mm-hmm. been in for I, I don't know how long he's been i'm assuming 
Yeah, thirty. At least more than five years. Well, yeah. Um, well, I mean, he was in theater when he was young too, so I'm sure it's been you know, we'll just say forty plus years of theater. <laughs> really? Let's say eighty plus. Years. Sure. <laughs> trying to be nice. <laughs> no, I mean, he was been involved in it for you know, obviously decades, but he's a, just a complicated person too because he has you know so many different thoughts and theories. I remember driving up with him to uh, to Nebraska mm-hmm. uh, to International Thespian Festival. And I mean, we would just be talking the entire drive. Uh, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse was in the back. I think she fell asleep the entire six hours because it was like these people are boring. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just remember like just listening to him. Like this guy knows a lot of stuff, man, and I realize how little I know yeah. about things. So with him, it was like you know we started off talking about theater and playwriting and you know shows and directing and producing and everything else, mm-hmm. and then it, you know went completely out into the weeds. And I like those kind of conversations. Yeah, because <laughs> well, he's he's incredibly interesting too. Because it's um like he's really involved in like just Kansas City yeah. community too. Because he'll he'll go and see like every, every show. show. He truly yep. just loves theater, which I can relate to. Yeah. Um, but then also I remember for a while he like was raising peacocks. You know, so you know, <laughs> like yeah, I think that's a true story. You might want to fact yeah. check that. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's real. Yeah. Mr. Beam, comment on the Facebook uh, <laughs> post if, if that was the we case. We want to know: Do you raise peacocks? Yeah, I just I remember that uh, he I remember he was gone for quite a while. I can't remember if he was in. He told me he was in Colorado, or Arizona. I can't remember where, but it was when I did the uh, community theater show when I was brick and cat, uh-huh. and um, it w- it was just interesting to you know. I remember that period of time because I just sent him a message every once in a while, like, "Hey, how's it going? Where are you?" And it was like. Fucking a new place, man. I was like, okay, <laughs> you're living my dream. I want right. to travel everywhere too. <laughs> Damn <Yeah>. it, <laughs> yeah. good time. Yeah, well, that's retirement too. <laughs> right. I think. right. I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were also working seven days a week for like three years, so yeah. you know yeah. that, that doesn't really allow for travel very much. No, <laughs> just that couple trips to Alaska. <laughs> yeah. So, is there anybody that you keep up with on a pretty consistent? I mean, I know Lucy. You keep up right. on a consistent yes. basis. Obviously, we live together. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> see her pretty regularly. Um, I didn't realize you guys were living together. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. nice. We've almost a year now. Before that, I actually lived with her little sister for oh, gotcha. a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just joining the family. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still talk to Mike Gallier a lot. Michael Gallier. Oh, yeah. He's a very, very good friend of mine. Um, yeah, I, I, I see a lot of his... with a lot of people. But. I see his posts a lot on, I think, Facebook or Instagram or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I... With him, I had no like. I've got to have him on too because he. It seems like he has. Yeah. He's become a different person. Yeah. I, I no. like the person. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, we'll we'll talk about that sometimes too, just to be like, oh yeah, well, we're both really different people yeah. than we were in high school. But I mean, it's been almost yeah. fifteen years. Oh, exactly. So, you yeah. Know, so you should be. Yeah. But. Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, fuck, it's been. I'm 32. It's been 14 years. Mm-hmm. I said something the other day, and it was 20 years ago, and I was still, like, not young, or not old, but not young, young. Right. It wasn't like, like I was five. Older than you were comfortable being like, for uh, that being 20 God. years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's when I went to middle school. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I was in my first play. No. Yeah, that's, it's, and I'm sure anybody that's listening to that, that is over 32, is like, yeah, F you guys. Right. Like, I know like, what it's really like. Asshole. Yeah, just, my, my parents always say, just wait. Because <laughs> I, I was telling you upstairs, it's like, I've 
turned 30 and I felt like the warranty went out on me. <laughs> and so everything's just breaking apart. And my dad immediately chimes in. He's like, wait till 60. It's like, to be fair, probably. Yeah. <laughs> the way things are going, I hope I'm still kicking right. at that point. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel at 31 is I'm just like, oh, this is why everyone told me I should be taking care of myself. <laughs> exactly. This is it. Yeah. I, I didn't listen. And it's even the little advice that always pisses me off that I didn't listen to. Like, you should stretch. It's like, I should have stretched. Right. <laughs> right. Or even just like that you should drink water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a trainer that uh, is on my shit constantly about drinking water so normally <laughs> i make the mistake because normally and today wasn't the day because today i needed coffee my, my <laughs> brain was not it wasn't starting uh-huh. earlier today uh, not for the same reason <laughs> <laughs> but no it was not uh, it was not going well so i think i had like two-thirds of a pot of coffee so got my got a lot of got a lot of brain activity going now but yeah <laughs> normally by about one or two o'clock i've downed a gallon oh, wow. it, yeah it, it's not fun yeah, <laughs> sometimes that too. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, most of the time it's like just a lot of like I have a couple of cups right now. It's like okay, so I need to drink this one six times and this one five times. So that's my goal the whole time. Yeah. So all morning I'm just either hitting it through a straw if I'm on the computer, or I'm just slamming it. And it's like okay, by two p.m. I, he can't complain about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a thirty-two ounce water bottle that I keep at my desk, and I try nice. and drink one before lunch and one after lunch. There you go. Because that's sixty-four ounces, exactly. and that's like the doctor recommends a dose of yep. water daily yep and then everything above that is extra exactly <laughs> it's all icing on the cake right exactly terrible terrible icing on, <laughs> on a terrible cake yeah on a terrible watery cake <laughs> <laughs> yeah they he impresses me a lot because like he'll have his his competitors because he does competitive bodybuilding and he has a lot of people that work with him that do oh wow he coaches them and i knew immediately that was not going to be for me because they drink like like when it's competition time, he's drinking over two gallons of water so that he can then go through depletion. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I look at that. I'm like, Nope. I just, I would just be peeing constantly just all the time. <laughs> it, you wouldn't be able to stop. I'd be drinking and doing that 24 seven. That's what we got. Yeah. yeah. Not for, I wouldn't even have time to work out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have to put on some depends. Exactly. While you're <laughs> yeah, just, it's going to have to do it. Yeah. Right, what are you doing, Alex? Do you want to be swole or not? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't realize that you um were living with Lucy and then um with with Mike the only it, this is going to sound so bad because again like Facebook makes you think and Instagram makes you think that you are interacting with these people on a constant right. basis and you're like, not well i you're always liking. know what's going on yeah, right? exactly. like I'll be, I know who you are no right. you don't <laughs> but uh but I Mike and I, I can't remember where it was, if it was like a state thespian festival, international thespian festival or what, but we, uh, we saw a, um, it was a forensics. It was a two person. I don't know what I'm not, I was never in forensics, but it was two guys and they were doing a little routine and it was the craziest routine I think I've ever seen in my life. And it was a white guy and a black guy. And they were, and I'm not making this up, and he can spot me on this too, but they were talking about watermelons and fried chicken, and it was really weird because I don't know that dynamic, and I had no (laughs) idea how to handle it, and I don't think anybody else did. Like, just shut up. Just shut But every time they do it, it was in this, like, weird rap, like, spoken word, and 
all of a sudden they would just what? like I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't. Desc- I w- Mike might be able to describe it, but at the end of every like line, their chorus and their cor- it wasn't even a chorus; it was a line. But it would just break up these different cadences, uh-huh. and they like both stare at the front of you, and they'd find somebody in the audience to look at, and they both go shaklak clack, shaklak clack, shaklak clack, shaklak clack. Every freaking ten seconds, shaklak clack. So normally for birthdays, um, I'll send Michael a shaklak clack, <laughs> and he'll send me a shaklak clack. That's cute. So that's how I think we've kept up for the last fourteen fun, years. Fun little birthday <laughs> tradition. <laughs> and it's so weird because he, I, you don't even know. Like again, I've seen Michael. It looks like he's having, you know, he's himself, and that's yeah. wonderful. But I really like the truth is I don't know him anymore. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's gonna be fun when we do meet because that's the first fucking thing I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, clack, clack. How you doing? Yeah, but I do I do need Michael to back me up on that. That's <laughs> funny. I'm sure he remembers the dialogue. It was chickens versus waffles. It was, no, it was watermelons. Chi- no, it was, uh, it was fried chicken and watermelon something. And I can't oh. remember. And again, like you don't even want to say that in public. You're like, no, 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 no. It, it was a part of a, a, a forensics thing, right? Which one? I wasn't in forensics. I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> right. But I, I promise I it's real. Right. Also, it was 15 years ago. Exactly. Off my, back. Yeah. <laughs> my memory's going too. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's. I, I'm I'm really happy that you came on because one I wanted to catch up with you because again I think you have a really cool story for yeah. like that I needed to get caught up on because it's like when you see somebody that's now working for you know the American Theater Guild but then worked for the zoo mm-hmm. you have to find out what it's happened like, there how, how did this work did that <laughs> but then I mean you know we were great friends in high school you know we saw each other a few times in college yeah and you know there was also that. It was kind of a cool thing that I, you know, I wish I would have almost been in 07 because I felt like I w- worked with you guys. that kinda, was the cool class. It was the cool class. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Shut up. <laughs> no, and like my class, I really like, I, I never really, I knew a few people that were older than me. And when uh-huh. they graduated, like theater was what like brought me into a different crowd. And yeah. most of, again, most of our theater department was you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that's, I would say that's actually what's funny is because I remember being in high school, like wanting to be friends with the older classmen because like, <laughs> I don't like a lot of the people in my class straight up. I don't think they liked me. <laughs> so, I mean, looking back, I can't blame them. I probably was a dick. You know, like, I'm willing to say that now. But, well, you've grown. Um, you've grown. Right, That's how you have yeah. to say it. you've grown. Well, and I think I feel even, you know, like by the time I got to my senior year, I was cool with a lot of people. It yeah. was just like at the time I remember being like, well, I don't like you because you don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I always wanted to be friends with the older class. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I know I had, you know, friends in my grade. I mean, there was, you know. Shay, Maddie, I mean, th- those, Emily, obviously, mm-hmm. there were those, that group. And then the grade below me, you know, it was Rachel, Jared, John, Jenna, right. that crowd. Yeah. But then with you guys, it was like you had 50 fucking people in your class. We did. And yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, in all in theater. Well, and it was, yeah. Cause I feel like not only did we have like a lot of really talented actors and actresses, but we had a lot of really talented tech people in yeah. our grade. Like that's. Yep. We we really excelled in, I say we, the other people. I did not do tech in, <laughs> like, in high school theater very much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of people that were just very talented. Like they did costumes, they did sound design. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gullier, he was the the puppet guy yep. for a Little Shop. Like he did, uh-huh. he did everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything you needed him to do, yeah, he, he was, would do. 
he was reliable. He was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. Do you want to do you want to share how anybody can get a hold of you, or do you want to just keep that to yourself? Um, <laughs> I mean, you can feel free to follow me on Instagram at Andrew Joseph one five six one five six. Yeah, uh, it means nothing. Okay. Yeah. No, my uh, my friend Teresa and I, when I was about fourteen. We just made fun of people for putting random numbers on the end of their stuff, and we were like, "Okay, well, our number is one five six, so we've nice kind of." I still have it on mine. She ain't got it on hers. <laughs> guess Call I her hold out. on to things. <laughs> well, hey, man, thanks again for coming yeah, on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah.